Hello and welcome to another episode of the Gridcoin Fireside. Today is February 12th, 2021, but we're going to pretend it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, chocolate. I got you this rose. Thank you. Oh. Oh. I don't really want to get anything. Well, I think we're going to have a break up then. When we were, we were together? Uh-huh. Well, this, this whole time. Whole... Even before Gridcoin. We've been together <laughs> since like 2004, dude. Life Since we were like negative. Yeah. It's been a wild yeah. ride. It's a shame to have to break up on Valentine's Day, but... Valentine's Day is in two days, so we can have to. This won't be posted before Valentine's Day, so... Anyway... <laughs> We're going to continue the discussion uh, from last week having to do with the big old GitHub post about how do we use these freaking funds, guys. Uh, if you have any thoughts on it that we didn't talk about yet, throw them in the chat. I'll bring them in. Uh, otherwise, there was a great post by a long-standing contributor who hasn't been around for a while, but here they are with a very well-thought-out post. So we'll talk about that. They broke it into four sections, which I think all make sense. Four sections being, one, how can uh, the funds be used sustainably? Two, how can the funds be used reliably? Three, how can funds be distributed? And four, how can we refill the funds? Uh, cool, cool, cool. Making sure it's all recording. Chat. All right. Uh, so, there. How can the funds be used sustainably? Has some pretty uh, solid thoughts in here. The biggest one is one that has been discussed for some time now, and it's just a challenge to do currently. And it's something that should have been done during the last market cycle, uh, but no one was talking about it then. And that is that. All of the GRC should not be held in GRC. All the foundation funds should not be held in GRC. It should be held in multiple currencies. It should be split up. Uh, that's a great idea. Hopefully, we'll be able to do that in the future. Currently, I don't think it's practical. Um, but I imagine if we don't do that in the next cycle, Gridcoin will cease to exist. Uh, other ideas. Uh, let me reread this really quick. Oh, they wanted... Um, Abandon the fixed $30 an hour rate makes sense. I liked what Jim brought up last week having to do with um, paying a percentage of circulating supply or using a percent, paying a percentage of the foundation holdings for work instead of a USD equivalent. I think that's an interesting idea we should explore. Uh, but I, I think a lot of people agree we should get rid of using USD equivalents. And then th this person also suggests releasing 20% of the fund's total value per year. Uh, that's an interesting idea. So basically, I don't know if I would say it that way. I would say release 20% of the funds over five years. So after five years, there are zero funds less left unless we um, find out a way to refill the funds. So Because if you release 20% a year, you're just releasing less every year. That really makes sense. You should be... If you're budgeting for a startup, you should release more every year for the first couple of years and then scale back and then scale up and et cetera, et cetera, right? So we want to be flexible. But if we just say we budget, if we make a budget, which was proposed several years ago, that says we're going to use all the funds after five years, we're going to use 20% a year, or maybe we use 10% the first year, 30% the second year, 20%, and then whatever's left over. Uh, and then we can break up each year how much we want to hit towards marketing, how much we want to put towards development. And if anyone remembers, this was all the uh, hubbub back when people were asking for funds for marketing several years ago at the last market cycle peak. 
Uh, and the hubbub was all about, look, we can't just start spending money on marketing without budgeting shit so that we know we'll have funds for development in two years. But we got to the point of a budget was proposed and then it just didn't go forward because people didn't seem to want it. So if we're ready for budgets, let's do them. Um, they're more difficult in open source communities, but they're not impossible. It would be better if this was a legitimate organization funding development of Gridcoin, like a, a 501c3, but it doesn't have to be. Um, the reason it would be awesome to have that is because then people could donate to that organization and write it off tax deductible, right? There's a, they donate it. Cool. They're donating to making distributed computing uh, part of the Web 3.0 revolution. Worthy of a sip of coffee, I would say. Um, so we will integrate that into what is being put together in terms of what will turn into a poll at some point. Uh, I guess I, I should back up and, and say that we're turning this into a poll, a proposal and poll uh, based on everyone's feedback. And since there's been so much good feedback, there will probably be one more iteration before the sort of final proposal comes out. And once that final proposal and poll is made, really only minor things can be changed once the poll is running. So I don't know if anyone remembers the CBR proposal and poll, but basically there's a little clause in the proposal that says, here are the things that can change during the course of the poll. And they're like wording or grammar or typos or stuff like that, clarifications, um, but no actual structural changes at that point. So because there's so much good feedback and a lot of different ideas, we want to um, put through the meat grinder, as it were. There will probably be one more iteration of uh, proposal draft before it turns into an actual poll. Um, what's the future, Rajin? Tensor cores? Anyway, so those that's part one. How can the funds be used sustainably? Um, they say we should get rid of the hourly rate, release, basically make a budget, and uh, distribute the yearly budget based on uh, the contribution of eligible people as determined by responsible individuals in the space. Then they also add in this section uh, the possibility of an incentive program for active participants. It would work similar to employee stock. Network could offer active participants the option to buy GRC at a discount, 10% below the current market price, if it needs to sell GRC. It's a non-GRC part of the funds, which is to buy GRC over the counter. It's basically making some uh, market tools for people to use. I don't know if I like it or not. I would have to think on that. Um, yeah, so pretty cool stuff. Rajan mentions the future is the official organization and tax write-off for donation. Absolutely. That would be really cool to have done by the end of this year. Um, yeah, if anyone wants to be involved, let me know. Please have experience. Um, Cool, cool. So the idea of an incentive program for active participants is very similar to this thing uh, I built over with Library, if anyone knows that community, blockchain, crypto, platform, whatever. Pretty cool. Um, content hosting and uh, file pointers on a blockchain. Sound familiar? Sound like it could be used for science? Oh, geez. Um, but anyway. The initiative program over there that uh, I built with their foundation basically lets people ask for up to $800 uh, to run little initiatives. Uh, people use it to code and to develop plugins for the library blockchain uh, to host events. Like there's one guy who just keeps hosting racing events and they're great. And he gets like mugs and t-shirts printed and he gives them out as prizes, um, stuff like that. Those are very effective. We've been able to build a very 
um, mobile community over at Library. I would recommend you guys go check it out if you want to see some of the stuff that we might be able to do with funding uh, in terms of incentivizing community. Um, that would be pretty cool. I think that's a great idea. I don't know if I like the the market tools, the financial tools, but I'm open to it if they want to discuss more. All right, so that's point one. Uh, uh, it's already cooling down. Would you guys drink lukewarm coffee? This is like, it's disgusting, right? It needs to be hot. It needs to be too hot to drink. You drink cold coffee? Like not intentionally iced coffee? Monster. You know, you're a monster. It's disgusting. Ugh. Kershi, you've colored the, my perception of you a completely different color at this point. From dry Riesling to coffee monster drinker. Ugh. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. All right. So, uh, your leathery man mouth. What a descriptive uh, term. All right, so part two, how can the funds be used reliably? Uh, I am reading this really quick. We talked a little too much about uh, market factors here, which I don't I don't understand why, but the uh, I guess I don't really fully understand this section of this response, but they do mention that having a budget would be great here. And their budget, their proposed budget is a fixed percentage of the holdings is paid out each year. Uh, my form of a budget would be a little more granulated, but based on the same concept. Uh, in fact, let me pull up my proposed budget. Gridcoin budget, if this works, GitHub. Oh my goodness, 2018, almost to the day. It's almost like it came out at the same time as the Treasury for reason. Based off the budget outline found here, why was it closed? New version at 225. Wow, thank you, Jay Ringo. You keep such good records. Okay, this was just closed. Okay, so here is the latest version of the budget. Coffee is morning, Riesling is evening. Amen, brother. All right, funnily enough, it was about the same price then as it is now. So we could really just use the exact same budget, just change some numbers. Uh, I haven't looked at this in a while, so I would probably want to reallocate some stuff based on developments over the years, but um barton loved it i miss your hearts barton okay moving on someone mentioned in the github that i shouldn't be paid for the firesides because i ramble too much which i don't disagree with but for the record i've never even brought up the firesides as something i should be paid for so you guys can stop bringing it up whenever you want i don't expect to get paid for this um so moving on to part three how can the funds be distributed part two in summary is the question was, how can the funds be used reliably? Reliably, And the answer is a budget, you bastard. All right, so part three is how can the funds be distributed? Uh, they agree with what we were talking about last week, basically find respected and trusted people in the community to manage things in a centralized way until there's a way to do it in a trustless system. And that really is the way we have to do it. There is no other alternative unless we have some genius in here who's gonna code, develop the thing and then code it up for us. Because uh, that should not be our focus. Our focus is on working on the scientific system. There are other beautiful, beautiful blockchains and communities out there working on the budgeting part of things. And they'll get it. Have faith. There's a lot of smart people in this space. We're not the only ones. Uh, and once they get it, we can use what they implement. Uh, we can also, perhaps, we would have to legitimize ourselves a little more, but perhaps get in discussions with folks like Gitcoin and uh, other, and like Ethereum sys, uh, systems that use uh, quadratic voting and other uh, fund distribution mechanisms that are already developed, but in centralized means, 
through centralized means. But if we can develop partnerships with them, I'm pretty sure Gitcoin this year will be looking to add other coins to their system. That's just a guess. But um, yeah, Gitcoin. Google it, research it. It's a cool thing. Uh, it, it's a way to distribute funds and, and fund open source development. Uh, Ethereum also has a system like it. Uh, and yes, decentralized memes. I would love that. But I said uh, means, M-E-A-N-S. Yeah, Gitcoin's very real. It's a cool thing. Look, guys, this space doesn't stop innovating. I'll stay on top. If we could get wrapped with Ren, for example, that would be another really cool way to um, use Gridcoin in the de- decentralized finance system as like a liquidity maker, whatever the fuck they want to do at this time. It's still very dangerous over there. Be careful. But it's also fascinating in the DeFi space. Um, but that would be cool. Chocolate wrote a couple years ago about ha- tying SolarCoin to GridCoin. That's essentially what they're doing over in the DeFi system. So, well, I should say systems because there's many different platforms you can choose from. And they're not platforms, but fuck language. Um, that would be neat. But really, the most practical way, the least stress, is to let the trusted people who've been running this stuff continue to run the stuff uh, and, until there's a easier way. All right, now for the hopefully what will be the long discussion part, how can we refill the foundation funds? But before we get to that, um, are there any thoughts on basically a budget? Or So the three main things that this person responded with are abandon the $30 an hour rate. And uh, I, I mentioned, I brought up that I like Jim's idea of using percentage-based funding. Um, the second main idea they brought up is use a budget, develop a budget. Uh, and the third point they brought up was to develop a incentive bro- program for active participants, what I'm going to now call an initiative program. Uh, so does anyone have thoughts on those three points before we get into the treasury system? Uh, yeah. So one of them regarding the uh, abandoned $30 an hour, uh, we were talking about this it was a while ago, I'm going to go, and I think, I definitely agree with them. I think the reason that came to the time was that do something more like $15 an hour plus some Bitcoin as in having a, um, and I definitely, uh, um, agree with, again, I agree with the principle that we should be kind of only allocating when fund of the foundation. Uh, but for example, if not much is happening, we don't want to like have to allocate. So yeah, yeah. Having a rollover in the budget. Yeah, exactly. So I, w- I would accommodate as well, but yeah, uh, I think, I think that the principles are solid we've talked about, uh, very old. Yeah, I, I agree with uh, what you're saying. The the budget part, um, it would be written into the budget, right? That if we don't spend all the money allocated this year, it just goes to next year. Or if we need to spend more this year, uh, and we've already reached our budget allocation, we have to go through a pull process. We have to ask the community if we're this. We'll have to explain this is why we want to use more funds than we're allocated for this year. This is what we want to use them for. Uh, this is what we expect to get in return. This is why we're not scared about using them, not having these funds down the road, right? So if we exceed our budget or want to exceed the budget, we'll have to ask. If we do not match meet the budget, any funds would re- roll over, uh, would be rolled over into the next year, and all of this would be written down in the budget. As for your other point, the respondent here actually did bring something like what you set up. Let me see if I can find it really quick. They mentioned using the, ah, here we go. Uh, they tie it to using the USD translation, though, which I think is why I skipped over it. Uh, 
they say to avoid overpayment at times of high GRC prices or at low contribution, the $30 an hour rate could be introduced as a cap. So basically, there's they're saying you can't get paid more than X or or something like that. And you're saying you can't get paid less than Y. Um, so I don't I don't really like that because I think I think that's 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 like uh, heads I win, tails you lose, right? If if you cap the upside but you allow the downside to occur, I, I think that's a disincentive. I, I think it's all or nothing. Either you're going to use fiat as a benchmark, which I'm really not in favor of, or I think you should just decouple it altogether. You may use a fiat in benchmark initially to sort of ground, you know, box box it in to make sure it makes sense today. But I think at the end of the day, from a budgetary standpoint, we ought to be talking about what percentage of the foundation are we going to consume every year and what percent of the total coins in circulation are we going to budget every year for expenditure, which is the natural unit of measurement we ought to be using anyway. Whatever those things end up being, whatever value those things end up being is a totally, is a total, totally different question. Um, and one that's probably a much more long range discussion than focusing on today's exchange rate. So that's my view on it. Uh, I'm a big fan of taking the USD concept out of it. So. Um, I, I, uh, yeah, between, I definitely agree with what Jim just said regarding the, that's why I, I that's why I have the mixed model in, or we could say it's a minimum, not a max, blah, 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 regardless. Uh, I, um, I, I think I, I definitely think that if we're going to, yeah, if we're going to decouple from USD entirely, we should just go for it enti- entirely uh, and not kind of, um, you know, beat around the bush on the matter. Because because I'm, can, can I be blunt? $30 an hour is not enough to, most most people, most developers will not work for, okay? That is, that is below, below the actual rate at which most people can get paid in this business doing other things and getting paid a salary. If you're, if you're an experienced developer, right? So, you know, that, that's not paying people. Let's don't get confused and think that offering $30 and out there is going to make people happy because if you are going to present it as that's a salary, that's not competitive, guys. It's just not. And believe me, I know. I, I employ IT people at my company. I know what I pay them. So That's a really good point. Uh, it's not competitive. I mean, a good, a good, a good technology resource will make double that. Um, I'll, I'll say regarding the, um, yeah, that's definitely true, especially for like you, I mean, I'm, I know we have a lot of people who aren't from that might not be, that's definitely, uh, in the U S. Uh, and that's what they're making. That's not that if you pay, if you, what people charge as consultants are even higher than that. Right. Yeah. You're lucky to be able to get a consultant for less than a hundred dollars an hour. Yeah. Um, right. uh, another thing. So regarding if we actually just can venture into the, to decoupling from USD entirely, from, um, I think a good benchmarking start would be, I mean, I, I, the proposal that I came up with for the reward mechanism change is kind of relates the good relates the amount of Bitcoin that's minted to, um, or we can calculate approximately how much energy is being consumed by the network and stuff like this. And we know how much energy costs actually. And so we could actually determine a reasonable price for Gridcoin in relation to both computation power and energy consumption. Uh, I'm just throwing it out there as a possibility. I mean, that, that could be a, a metric that isn't, I mean, it's indirectly USD based, but it's based on like literal quantity, like flops. And- I would argue against overcomplicating something and just choose some percentages and go there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, yeah, I think that's right. Jim. We just need to, we need to choose something and, and put it out there and see how the community reacts to it. Is it one tenth, you know, of the, of the, uh, how much are we going to disperse per year? And, you know, and then we have to talk about, you know, look, 
this is related to replenishment, right? Because, you know, it, the, the other thing about sustainability of this thing is, is that we can't, um, over the long term, we can't spend what we don't make in terms right, of... So let's, let's get into that right now. And the so. way... I want to introduce, so with a budget, if you guys, uh, I posted a link to the proposal I put together in 2018 slash 19. The way this breaks out the budget is it defines certain departments. So there's the development department, the marketing department, the outreach department. And it says that each one of these departments uh, would have its own multi-stake wallet or its own address, address separate from the foundation. So if we say we're going to spend 20% of the foundation uh, purse per year, and of that 20%, 33% is going to go into each department evenly, 33.33, whatever. And then uh, that means it, the, the funds would go directly to that department, uh, and then they would be able to use it as defined in the uh, whatever contract we write up, essentially. But what that means is if we were to build a treasury that replenishes based off of a tax system, which I really think is what we need to do, uh, these are, are examples of where you would be able to send the required tax. You would be able to say, all right, I need to surrender one GRC per 10 I take in, uh, and I want to send all of that one GRC to development. You will have the address right here, a verified address that you know is a multi-sig address run by respected members of the community who are vetted and verified, who are have reputations on the line for whatever they do in the future. So you can trust to send it there. It's not just like someone putting out an address for a side staking address. It's a verified side staking address. Or you could say, I want to send half of that one GRC to development. I then want to spend send 0.25 of that GRC to the marketing wallet. And I want to send 0.25 to the outreach. You, or you could say, I want to send it directly to the foundation uh, for, for uh, like future decisions about how we're going to use it, where it would have to be voted in the next budget on how we will use the funds. Okay. So you can either replenish the foundation, you could, or you can send it directly to verified side staking addresses, and it breaks it down even more. So if you go to the outreach section, one of it, the outreach section, as I defined it, has three main goals, educate, create, and introduce. Uh, so, for example, uh, educate. They, if maybe this group wants to get out to campuses, make a, a a program that gets boink into campuses through as funded by Gridcoin. So there's sort of that connection there from the start. Uh, you could say, I only want to fund that initiative. And if that initiative is underway and that group of people have set up an address for just that initiative, you can send your whole GRC that you have to tax to that initiative only. It can get that granular. So uh, let's keep that in mind as we talk about a tax system, which is what we're going to talk about. So the um, point brought up by this respondent, respondee, whatever, uh, is that they don't want to change the tokenomics. They don't want to use inflation to pay for the tax system. And I think everyone agrees with that. I've seen some messages about people who think we should just instead of have 10 CBR, have 11 CBR and have one go to the treasury. But it's almost immediately shot down as we don't want to inflate away the problem. Inflation is a tool that can and be can and should be used in specific contexts. should be used to uh, fix the problems it can fix. Um, funding things is not one of the things it can fix. <laughs> so, uh, the, you know, that's the money printer go burr. You can't just print your problems away. 
So I think what we're talking about here is keeping the tokenomics essentially the same. Uh, and if we are to change the tokenomics in the future, it would be because we've come up with a better system, not because we're trying to fund a treasury. That said, the um, tax system would be something like X percent of your rewards earned every time you stake. So if I stake a block and I'm not mining and I'm, I'm not crunching, that means I just earned 10 GRC. And if our X percent was 10%, I would own that one GRC to the treasury or some verified size staking address if we set up that system. Uh, if I stake a block and receive um, 100 crunching rewards, I would owe 10% of 110. So if or whatever the percentage is. So we would need to choose what that percentage is. I've seen a couple numbers tossed around ranging from zero to 10. Uh, I think all of it is reasonable. We would just need to talk about it and choose that one, settle on one. Uh, and I think that's basically it. The rest is up for debate. Up for It's kind of just like questions. What questions do you guys have about what could go wrong? Uh, what if, what if? You know, those situ those questions are very useful because they help us think about edge cases, about um, certain contexts. Like, what about the pools? This is something I haven't thought too much about. How does the, the tax apply to pool operators where a lot of people crunch and earn rewards? Is the individual surrendering the GRC when they uh, receive their GRC or does the pool get taxed when they right. stake the block? It would come through the pool wallet. Okay. It, and it, the, remember it's happening it's happening on a stake okay right? so so what really happens is the pool is staking right and it's remember it's the pool's cpids and the pool's balance that's staking so it's the pool's cpr or, or cbr and the pool's rewards the pool remember there'd be you know the pool could could designate spe specific addresses but it would be subject i think where we've settled out on this is when we agree on a minimum percentage it would be capped on the floor it would be floor there'd be a floor where a minimum percentage would would at the very least go to the foundation or another designated approved address that would come out at the time of stake and so it would already be subtracted before the pool pays out it all the people that are part of the pool so effectively everybody in the pool would be subject to the same uh uh discount rate by that very because it's linear right it's proportional right okay. so, so basically the effect on individuals participating in the pool would be exactly the same as if they were participating directly in the, cool. the, the, the only thing a, they, the only thing they couldn't do is designate what what uh addresses they want stuff to go to it would have to be the pools uh decision okay cool 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 there's a but question I, in the if we don't if we don't do it that way it gets really complicated if you do it that way it, it makes it quite simple to, and simple is good at this point <laughs> yes so. no, you want it done anytime soon we we got to utilize a lot of the plumbing that's already been built that we spent a lot of work on a while back, right? Which is really, we're, we're going to be, what's really going to go on underneath the covers is we're going to leverage the hell out of the side stakings, which I had no idea when I built it that it was going to have this many uses, but I, I'm glad I did. <laughs> so Yeah. Shout out to Pinkcoin Pink Coin and Jim for bringing it over to us. Yeah, they're the ones that originally, my, my, my version of it's a little bit different than theirs. I actually didn't look at their code. I just took the idea and did an yeah. independent implementation, but it was a fantastic idea. So. Yeah. Okay, there's a question in the chat that's a really good and complex question, even though I'm not sure uh, you mean it this way. But should there be different tax rates for staking and crunching? Uh, let's ignore the should part 
and say there could be different tax rates for staking and crunching. And what does that imply? It implies we're building a dynamic system. It implies that we could build, take what we're building now, which will be a static implementation, and in the future, turn it into a dynamic system run by a protocol. So in specific contexts, the protocol will assign specific and appropriate percentages. So a follow-up to this question in the chat is, um, what about 50% of the stake itself going to treasury, but 0% of crunch rewards? Would it give more incentive to crunch? That would. That would make people want to crunch more and stake less. I'm not saying we would want to do what was proposed there in the text, but if we, if the network or we detect that there are too many stakers, not enough crunchers. And to be honest, you can never have too many stakers. But if that's something we detect, uh, that we want more crunchers than there currently are, we could lower the tax on crunching. We could increase the incentive on crunching is another way to do it. That's a tool of inflation. Uh, and then that's how the network can rebalance. Similar to how the magnitude distribution across point projects operates to distribute crunchers across point projects. Um, it's That is a dynamic system. It's freaking brilliant. Um, the, so we can take these concepts and apply them across the board, whether we, other, other ways to fund the treasury, by the way, uh, these are all in the treasury proposal from 2017, I think, um, or 18, the, you can tax income or you can tax fees. So there's this tool in the, um, I, I think I call them anti-spam fees in the proposal, which I think is, it's cute guys. Come on. So the, there's this tool in blockchain tech called the fee. And what this fee does is it keeps people from spamming transactions across the network. Because every time you send a transaction, you pay a little bit of, uh, let's use Bitcoin, you pay a little bit of Bitcoin. Uh, and every the more transactions that are trying to get sent through the network, the higher that fee goes. So that at some point, it becomes very, very expensive to send Bitcoin across the network. And then it goes back to a normal fee once or normal a reasonable price once the network has cooled down a bit we see this effect play out every time bitcoin goes through a hype cycle and one of the reasons you can tell that we're not at the peak is the network isn't clogged yet so the the fee is sent to the person in bitcoin who mines the block the reason for this is mining is an intensive uh, computationally intensive task. We all know that here at Gridcoin because we use our computers to mine science, to crunch science instead of crunch a uh, basically arbitrary numbers uh, to secure a ledger. Securing a ledger is very valuable. The way they do it is less so. Um, the uh, fee can be in proof of stake. Securing that ledger is less computationally intensive. It requires fewer resources to secure a ledger in proof of stake than it does in proof of work. Um, I forgot a part of the proof of work concept. Another reason that they have transaction fees is eventually all of the Bitcoin that exist are going to be distributed. All 21 million are going to be out in the network, out in the world, and the network's going to need to persist. And in order for the network to persist, transaction fees need to exist because those will be the uh, the singular incentive for people to secure the block to uh, secure the ledger right now when you secure the ledger you also quote unquote discover some of the bitcoin but really all the bitcoins already been discovered discovered and all you're doing is getting some of it from the protocol so you you need the fee to keep people from spanning the network and to make the network persist once all the bitcoin have been distributed so the in proof of stake, you don't really need that many computer. You don't, you don't need a lot of resources to 
uh, stake on a proof of stake chain. So we could take some of that transaction fee and split it up. Some of it should still go to a staker because you want to incentivize staking. But we also have CBR, which is uh, money given out for people staking. So that's the incentive. So we could use the fee to fund development. We could use the fee to fund marketing and outreach. We could use it to fund the treasury. And if we develop more tools that require fees, tools like voting, which is one that already exists, that requires a fee because it's just a transaction. Tools like sending a beacon, which requires a fee because it's just a transaction. Tools like uh, manually claiming your rewards through MRC, which requires fees because it's just a transaction. Tools like um, signing, getting funded for science, which will require fees because you'll be making a transaction on the blockchain because you'll be signing a contract, which is just a transaction. Uh, tools like reputation scores, all this stuff, which are just transactions of data. They require fees. So as we develop more of these tools, we'll be collecting more fees as a network. Do we want all those fees to go to stakers or do we want to split them up, put them in the treasury, give them to X, Y, and Z, right? These are other ways to fund the treasury that if we get going, we can get rid of the tax system completely and run purely on fees. That's well in the future. But point of this is we can use the tax system and we can use the fees to fund the treasury. We can split them up. Uh, and in that system, once it's implemented, we can make it dynamic. So are we taxing just crunchers or just stakers? Both. Are we taxing them equally? Are we trying to get more people to crunch? Are we trying to get more people to stake? Are we trying to get more development done? So if we're trying to get more development done, maybe we want to make 80% of your taxes go to the development wallet. And then once we have enough funds in the development purse, we can scale that back and send more uh, fees to marketing. But that also could just be run by the free marketplace of people distributing taxes, right? This is a lot of different paths we can do, go down here. But your question was, sorry, Jim, your question of, do we tax one more than the other is a very good question that we're going to have to answer for this first implementation of a static system of funding a treasury. What are Te your thoughts, Jim? Technically speaking, uh, well, first of all, I don't. If if we're going to talk about taxing at different rates for for stakers versus crunchers, and and don't forget that a lot of people do, you know, it's really stakers or stakers plus crunchers, right? And meaning that you, you can't crunch really without staking unless you're a member of the pool, in which case this is really a totally different discussion. But uh, there is no provision right now in the side staking uh, module to apply different side staking rates to the CBR versus the rewards. They're both co uh, compiled together and they're distributed as a combined percentage. So in other words, thinking about it slightly differently, the same percentage is taken of the CBR and the research reward. And there's no provision for providing different percentages. So that's a significant amount of replumbing that would have to be done for us to support that. Uh, I'm not so sure that the juice is worth the squeeze in terms of the, of the payout. You know, it's a lot of additional complexity. Are people really gonna utilize it? And quite frankly, aren't we just making something needlessly complicated that we're actually going to move away from in the long term anyway. I don't believe that we're going to utilize uh, stake, stake in RR-based taxation as a long-term uh, funding mechanism for the, uh, the, the, the uh, Treasury because it's not, it's not going to sustain the Treasury on its own anyway. So I, my feeling on that is let's don't screw around with the plumbing and make it overly complicated because it's just going to lengthen the amount of time it takes to get it out. It's not going this mandatory, which is Hilda. And if we make it too complicated, it won't even make it in the next mandatory. And so then we're talking about a year out. 
I really don't want to be talking about something that long. You know? Yeah, I think you bring up a really uh, important point, which is that this is not intended to be a permanent solution. This is a solution that we can use right now, implement fairly simply, uh, and use it to bring more people into the development team and into the network as active participants and contributors, because we can guarantee that there will be funds for them to to draw from. And then once, this is kind of like a bootstrap era, which is what started yep. Gridcoin in the first place. Once everything's up and running and, and we're, we're moving forward actively, regularly, uh, then hopefully we can find other ways to fund the foundation, whether it's a nonprofit, whether it's corporate donations, which were brought up last week, uh, whether it's um, using just fees as funding for the treasury uh, or whatever. Yep. The, the people should not be scared of a tax system persisting forever, but they should recognize that the reality is we need something now. And Jim, you're absolutely right. If there's anything that we want to do that makes things too complicated to implement as soon as possible, we probably should just not do it. <laughs> we yeah, should just do the just, simplest it's, implementation. It's, you know, if you get most of the benefit by something simpler, all you're going to do is delay things and make it harder. And, and also we spend so much time already because Gridcoin is pretty complicated, helping folks, newcomers come into the community that really don't know their way around. And all we're going to do is just create more complexity that people ask more questions, right? So I think we have to oh, yeah. be very mindful about the complexity. We've got enough of it as it is. I, I, I want to address Sackpop's comment. Uh, and I'm just going to remind everybody, I've, I've said this before on Discord, and I'm going to repeat it for emphasis, okay? You cannot use nonlinear schemes without knowing who, all right? Said differently, anything that is nonlinear, meaning that you're going to try and boost the priority if the balance is above a certain amount, or you're going to you know, do a form of quadratic voting. We cannot do that because we don't know who is voting. Now, I just remind everybody, you know, when, a, when an address is attached to a CPID, you know, the, the Gridcoin Explorer, because Starttail is pretty clever, is able to link all those addresses together and make it look like an external party actually knows where those addresses are. But an investor, you have no earthly idea where those addresses actually go to. You don't know who owns them. You don't know how they're chopped up and you don't know who actually controls them. And so if you're to create a voting scheme that actually, quote unquote, depends on a balance, you don't know what the balance is. There's no yeah. way for me to tell what Jay Ringo's balance is. I can't tell you that. that, that, that me, that's a nonsensical thing. You don't, let me give you a simple example here. Uh, if we boost people with low balances and say you get essentially a tax credit, you don't need to pay taxes if you have less than five GRC. And let's say I have 5,000 GRC. I'm going to split my 5,000 GRC into wallets of 5 GRC and Absolutely. get the tax credit. So it, it it's a good idea, but you can't do it yeah, with this right. technology. The, the point I'm going to try and make is it's even worse than that. Asking the question, can Jim Owens know what Martin's balance is on mainnet? The answer is no. I don't know and can't know what Barton's balance is. The way this works is your balance is determined by the keys that are in your possession. No one but you, and at the end of the day, knows the keys that you hold. Now, some very enterprising people can, can sort of try and figure it out by trying to trace all the transactions in the network. And that's what people do that are sleuthing to try and figure out where illegitimate Bitcoin transactions happen. But at the end of the day, it's quite a difficult exercise and it's not 100% foolproof and people can elude that. 
So the, what Jay Ringo has said is exactly right. And there's, it's a nonsensical question. You can't say, well, you know, I'm going to do something based on somebody's balance because there's no way for another node to check that. And remember, everything we do is consensus based. You can't do anything on one node that cannot be verified by every other node. Is everyone following me on that? So you can't say, well, I'm going to do something based on somebody's balance because there's no way for any other node to compute that. No way. So it's, it's fascinating stuff. It's, this is why blockchain is so cool. That is the reason what Jim just said right there. And it's getting into it. It's difficult to get, get your past that down. point. Yeah. But hard. once, yeah. once it clicks, it clicks and it's the, you realize you can do a lot of stuff with that principle that you couldn't do before because you've built a trustless system. That's why we would be able to decentrally uh, accredit people for being professionals or being experts in their field or fund science based on decentralized consensus uh, because of what Jim is saying. And so, by the way, Bart, another side comment. I, I'll get off this, but Barton's making the point which I made that if you're if you know if you're a, if you're a cruncher and you're linked to the CPID, we can correlate the addresses that are staking with your CPID based wallet to that CPID. And you're, you're, at least we know that your magnitude is associated with a CPID entity. But by the way, I, I, uh, one person can set up a number of CPIDs attached to different emails and then have several CPIDs that are under their control. So even then, you don't know, you, you don't have a one-to-one -one linkage but necessarily between CPIDs and people. The bottom line is, and it's the whole point of cryptocurrency is you have no earthly idea at the end of the day who the real person is that are behind that's behind the the veil of either CPIDs or the addresses that are in wallet, right? And and that that's part of it. It's not anonymous, but it's but remember if you're going to do stuff like voting or do stuff like like tax boosting schemes, you have to be able to actually talk about the identity of an individual, and that is not going to happen in cryptocurrency, at least the way it's structured right now. When you get into quadratic voting and all that other stuff that Jay Ringo was talking about, you have to start getting into, I guess, really zero knowledge proofs and things to try and correlate actual voting identities. And, you know, that's that's a tough one. Well, well you use um, the amount of stake put on a on a poll as voice. So it's right. it's difficult, but it requires someone to take a positive action, which then then can be correlated. That's right. You're not, yeah. you're not like trying to calculate someone's balance. Yeah, right? and it's not one vote, one person, one vote either. It's it's a weighted system, similar to how our voting system works, right? Our voting system is, this is a little bit of a tangent, but it's a good one. Um, the more GRC you have, the more stake you have in the system, so the louder your voice. The more magnitude you have, the more stake you have in the system, so the louder your voice. That's, that's, that's the only way we, that, And that's the only way we can do it right now, because any other way yeah. would be subject to the same problems we were just talking about. Right. Yep. Like you think immediately, like, well, why don't we cap it at like 5,000 GRC as loud as your voice can be? Well, I'll just make all my GRC into 5,000 wallets. Yep. <laughs> 5,000 GRC addresses, and I'll have max voice 10,000 yep. times, so, whatever so it is. So in reality, you harm the very people that you were trying to help because the, mm -hmm. the enterprising big whales will just chop just chop their stuff up to make it look smaller, and then they get around the, uh, they get around the cap. But same what you thing, can do for priority boosting, if you tried to boost, the weight of smaller players, the whales will do the same thing again. They'll chop their resources up into smaller pieces or make it look smaller so that they get, you know, more resources that, you know, it's every, every one of these types of things, which result in a nonlinear 
distribution of resources end up being subject to civil attacks. Yeah, and Zach Pop says he forgets how much of his traditional structures rely on de- identity to function. All of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's the whole thing. That's why it's so groundbreaking. They all rely on centralized ledger, keepers of ledgers. And those keepers have your social security number, your birth date, your phone number, your mother's maiden name, your favorite, your best friend growing up, your favorite teacher, your dog, first dog's name. You have They have all this information to identify you, right? In blockchain, there's none of that. We don't need the trusted entity in the middle. We don't need that middleman. It's so cool. That's, yeah, ah, the stuff you can do with it. But, okay. Um, anyway, anyway, we got off. But it was, I, want, I, wanted to, I want people to understand this because it really, if you're new to this, it really takes a lot to get your head around it. Because all, all the things that you sort of assumed are true, you have to rethink in the in this new world we're in. That's not that's not to mean we can't do cool things. We just have to rethink it. It has to be thought through differently than the old traditional ways, right? That's why for anyone listening to this who is not in the space already, that's why this space is so fun. Because there's so many people in here who are here because we're forced to think about new ways to do the same thing or <laughs> ways to do new things with this new tool we have. So it's a lot of fun discussions and philosophical nonsense and kind of like the question that we were talking about beforehand, should we stake or should we tax stakers more than crunchers? Like the simple answer to that is no, because that will bring in a lot of drama right off the bat and no, because it's technically difficult right off the bat. But the long answer to it is, well, we could. What would it do if we did? How could we use it? What, like, what's what's the intricacies around it? Because in the future, we might be able to do something like that. Yep. So come on in here and talk about this stuff. But meanwhile, we'll probably keep it as Jim described it. <laughs> simple, simple implementation. Please, please don't give me another. Uh, <laughs> you can do whatever you want, man. <laughs> So there was another question in here uh, I missed a second ago. Oh, uh, Apple Pie says they have not followed the entire discussion. So maybe this is a dumb question, but won't send in 5 to 10% of all GRC to a select few developers just create some huge whales. Uh, and they, they make sure to clarify that they don't think developers shouldn't be paid. But like, aren't we just making a few whales? The answer is no. What is happening is the funds are going to community-controlled wallets. And the funds cannot be dispersed without approval from the community. And that approval might come in the form of uh, uh, a poll that says, Jim Owens runs the developer wallet. We trust him to make the right decision. And if so that just means Jim gets to do whatever he wants with developer funds because he has a good reputation. He's He clearly knows what he's doing and he has done good things in the past. But, so, but, but even then, all these are, are anticipated to be multi-signature, which means no one, even the person that owns a particular area, would able would be able to dis would be able to disperse funds without a counter signature by somebody else. And right. what, we, what we used with the original foundation, which is the only one that exists, well, no, there are two, right? There's the foundation multi-sig address, and then we've got the uh, bounty for the uh, for the uh, GRC uh, front end rewrite, right? Which is all t- also multi-signature. But those are those are two out of three. So there are three signatures, and there are two required to be to to sign. But we can do we can do M of N multi-signature wallets, right? Um, and, and so you know, it's a it's not like the community gets to, to directly vote, but it's much more reliable and much more trustworthy than having a single person be able to send send. Yeah, it's it's a representation, a representative sort of system. And Rajan brings up the best question, 
What yep. if Jim gets hit by a truck, though? That's, that's, that's exactly why, why you have the multi <laughs> And that's why it's two out of three and not three out of three, right? So the idea is if one of the persons is no longer available, you don't lose access to the funds, right? Yeah, and, and hopefully and not all three people or two people don't get hit by a bus on the same day or something, so. We actually yeah. ought to think about that, like a time-locked or a, uh, a locked proxy box to keep the signatures with, you know, We'll have to think through that because there is there are sure. cases where all three individuals could be impacted or something like that. But, yeah. yeah. We should think about. Closing. No, no, no. <laughs> enough. Of me, one of me is enough, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think oh, okay. enough whims. No, I think we. I, <laughs> um. Uh. Before, wait, Julian, would you want to say something? No, I was going to start wrapping it up though. But go ahead. I just want to amend something I said last week about forking the coin. So I thought about it more, and I'm obviously updating the idea constantly. We there are a few things that we uh, kind of need to get on a solid foundation as a coin in general. One of them is I would say MRC. Well, first is the the bug that Jim's seeing right now. The second one is MRC. The third one is changing our reward mechanism. Um, it doesn't make sense to fork before that. It would be super complicated and everything. And so in any case, I, I think if we uh, if we want to do it, it shouldn't happen now. But I do think we should keep it in mind. Um, I, I mean, I could. there are other reasons I've thought of about why we should. But I have also thought about in the last week what we can do if we ended up doing that. And I should point out that there were some bad ideas that were that are still kind of bring about like in the kind of collective subconscious of, of our community. One of them is uh, for those of you who are a bit newer here. A few years ago, we had really bad um, re a really bad relationship with Boink. Uh, um, there were some members of the community that were uh, somewhat rude uh, and aggressive um, towards Boink, uh, towards different Boink projects and members of the Boink community, and so that kind of soured the relationship substantially in the last year or two, Jay Ringo's worked really hard to make a Boink Discord server and to improve the relations. So now they're a lot better. But um, I thought about it and uh, there's one kind of problem regarding uh, how we reward and why we reward crunching Boink projects. And that is that we don't get credit uh, for our computation. Uh, as a, Right? So if we, we could, it's not bad. So I should a bit of background. One of the things that was people found rude about what members of the Boink community did was they said, we're bringing so much computing power to you, we can take it away, blah, blah, blah. They were trying to leverage it in a very aggressive and rude manner. Um, now, if we were to intelligently, uh, um, uh, intelligently leverage our computing power, the situation might be substantially different. For example, um, we could only uh, uh, reward projects that if they uh, result in the publication, credit us in the acknowledgements. Also, if we had uh, funding, right? So for example, we, we could take a portion of the foundation funds to help a project uh, set, uh, to help set up a, a project. And so, you know, I'm not sure if you've ever read a scientific paper, but in the end, it's really like, you know, th this uh, research was supported in part by grant, NSF grant, blah, 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 and, you know, NIH, NIH grant, blah, 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 and NSF career uh, career award grant, blah, blah, blah. And then we could add to that and Gridcoin Foundation grant, blah, 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 right? And so I, I think we've kind of neglected a very kind of crucial aspect of how we reward and why we reward uh, and really trying to get our name out there in the most important way. Because we're, we're, I think a lot of people a few years ago, and this is what I'm talking about when I say bad ideas that are lingering about, 
I think a lot of people think about Gridcoin in the same way they think about Dogecoin, right? Uh, just find a way to get the price up. Find a way to get the price up. Why aren't we on Coinbase? You look on Reddit. Why aren't we on Coinbase? Have you guys thought about getting on Coinbase? Of course, we thought about getting on Coinbase and other. We're not idiots, right? <laughs> we've thought about this. It's very difficult, right? And and so we've but people are constantly thinking about this because they're constantly about the price, but not the utility and the point of the coin in the first place, right? Um, I I really think. And even if we don't fork, but I think especially if we do fork, we should be focused on trying to leverage our computing power um, and m consider, you know, only crunching projects that will credit us in in, in their papers. Um, and whether this means, you know, finding, you know, I, ideally we, we would actually be helping found new blank projects, right? Brand new ones that are associated very closely with us. I mean, that would be the ideal. Uh, although obviously it's a bit complicated, but I do think we should we should really start rethinking these kinds of things from the ground up. So yeah, just to summarize, we should uh, if we do fork, it should happen once at least those kind of core components are done, uh, and that's still going to be at least probably minimum. You know, the summer is probably the earliest timeline as far as I'm aware. Um, and uh, um, the second thing is we should really start thinking about like foundationally ground up. Um, how we look at what what we're crunching and why we're crunching and how we legitimately market ourselves and who we're marketing ourselves to. We don't want to market ourselves to Dogecoiners. Not, not, nothing against Dogecoin, but we're not a meme, right? We're backed by science. We're, we're backed by scientific complications. We should act like. I think that was very well said. Uh, a couple of things here. So we, we also have the whitelist. Well, we now have the whitelisting committee, right? Which is tasked with... Uh, being the group that will look at projects to be whitelisted and eventually to go back through all current whitelisted projects and get ready to poll all of them because we need to re-poll all our whitelist to make sure that we have in our network the projects we want to have in our network. And I think this is a discussion we should have around each project uh, from your perspective, what you just said. Uh, the idea of funding Boink projects directly, I think is a great one. Uh, that can be put directly into the treasury system. So with this, with these taxes, we could have the developer wallet, we could have the marketing wallet, we could have the outreach wallet, and we could, maybe this is part of the outreach team, maybe not, but we could have a Boink wallet essentially, where each, we could talk to each Boink project and say, we're building this system, here is how it will work. There's a way for you to get funds out of it to help expand your project. Here's what you need to do. They perform all the steps and they get an address that we can call a verified side staking address and people can send the one GRC they must give up for every 10 they earned or whatever number we use to that Boink project to fund that project. Uh, that would be a way to fund development now, uh, Boink development now, and it wouldn't be that difficult. Uh, using a grant system, I also think is really cool. A Gridcoin grant, I think, is right in the treasury uh, proposal. Uh, we could do that a couple ways where you have maybe a grant committee that has a certain amount of GRC that they can reward to people who apply for grants. Uh, and then that can also be implemented into the tax system where uh, my, the one GRC I must give give up every time I earn 10, I can send that one GRC to the Gridcoin grant program. Uh, and then we would have to find, we would have to write up a way to release funds from the grant program. It would probably be a simple application process. And I say simple, little tongue in cheek, because we would have to verify and vet researchers that are doing good science, know what they're doing, are able to do what they say they want to do, et cetera. We'd be running a grant program. Those are not easy to run, but they are fun. Uh, 
So I think all of these things you're describing right now, Chocolate, are actually doable almost immediately after the tax system is implemented. And I think we, I agree with you. I think we should do all of them. Yep. Uh, and I, I know a lot of people in the community love the idea of using Gridcoin to fund science. You know, I was talking to someone about the Gridcoin pizza problem, right? We need someone to use Gridcoin to buy something. What if that thing wasn't a pizza, but it was a product of science? Uh, and at the end of the day, they have this product of science and it says funded by Gridcoin. That would be really cool. That's the best pizza. I would eat a Gridcoin pizza. Uh, Me too. I, I, uh, I would also eat a, a, a chocolate. Um, I uh, want to say something real quick regarding funding projects, which is that um, it doesn't really even, we don't even have to really give that much Gridcoin to, to, we just have to give a substantial amount, not like a paltry amount, but not a lot, just to get our name in actual scientific papers so that people know who we are. Um, that will really have a substantial benefit. And yet, and we have this, the other thing is we've discussed this. It was a while ago, the last time we discussed this, but uh, another thing we can do is we can take Gridcoin, we can give it to projects, and then we can let those projects uh, rain Gridcoin on their own cruncher, right? Which would, and that, and, you know, which meaning that if you crunch this particular project, you're going to get more Gridcoin if you crunch another project. And that's one way that it makes it very, very easy to fund um, to fund projects in particular. Yeah. And all uh, that all that can be done with the existing structure we have today. We have a rain we we have a rain by magnitude, which can be rained across all projects or by a particular project. So that that can be done very easily today, right? Right. Just, right. No, and that that's what that's what that's what I'm saying. The the, the issue is um, how do we convince? Again, it's a tender topic because of you know prior members of the community who were kind of aggressive towards the blank community. But like I. I First of all, I, don't, I actually don't know what like the publication status of a lot of the projects is. I, I genuinely don't. Um, but I, I know some. I know some projects have given uh, Gridcoin credit. I mean, I think GPU Grid has. I mean, you know, there's been others that have actually mentioned mentioned us. Maybe it's not as prominent as we would like, and it's probably not as comprehensive as we would like. I think I think it would be a really good idea to take to to adopt a more structured approach to that. And I, I think, by the way, without being ugly about it, I think we could also come up with metrics to show the value of the computational resources that are being brought to bear by the network, which really helps these uh, scientific projects out, right? I mean, so I think I think there's way to um, to characterize the the donation of uh, computing time by people, uh, and, and you know, uh, so so I, yeah, I agree. I agree with the with everything you, you're talking about. So these are the next things we should get going from the non-dev side. So folks, if you want to get involved with this, the whitelisting committee, all of it's related and relevant. Uh, join the Discord, join the Slack. Uh, either will do. Get involved in Reddit discussions. But no, uh, get involved in one way or another. We're going to get stuff going. And if we get this tax system, we can fund it all. And what what will end up happening is we'll get to see where people are putting their money. We're saying you need to give up a GRC. You get to choose where a portion of it goes, where are you get to put it. And once we get to see where that is, we get to see what people want. Uh, so it will be actually fairly interesting uh, from just a experimental perspective. So uh, do jump in. Things are very exciting. I love this response from the user. It's S S K Skyn or Huptywup Skin or Huptywup on Slack. Uh, great contributor who is around for a very long time. 
and is now apparently back. So wonderful to, to hear from them. Uh, if you have any other thoughts on this before we put another proposal draft out there uh, to get more feedback, please put it on the GitHub repo so we have a record of it moving into the future. Uh, but like I said at the beginning, do expect another proposal draft that will have some of the stuff we've talked about sort of detailed. And then from there, we'll take more feedback. And then hopefully, we'll be able to go straight to a poll after that. Um, but yeah, awesome chat, folks. We'll see you next week, Friday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on the Gridcoin Discord server.